Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Starting the second hour of First Take, Steve Geller along with Scott Alexander gearing you up for Week 11. The New Orleans Saints trying to stop a two-game losing skid, and they're playing at the Philadelphia Eagles, who are, I guess, a good sign. They're 0-4 at home this year. Uh, been a very erratic squad that's 4-6. and six. They are two-and-a-half-point favorites over the Saints squad. A lot of that definitely having to do with the fact that black and gold are so banged up. Uh, once again, this team will be without stud Alvin Kamara at running back. He's dealing with a knee issue. Came back to practice on Wednesday in limited fashion, but then didn't practice on Thursday or Friday. Certainly not a great sign. Haven't heard any more about that knee. Hopefully the team is just resting that up because we got a short turnaround, folks. And Thursday Thanksgiving, while everyone's eating afterwards, we'll be talking about also a kickoff at home against the Buffalo Bills on Thanksgiving. But for today, also out for this game, defensive end, Tano Passigno. Malcolm Roach, defensive tackle, who has also put on injured reserve. Then some two big ones right here on the offensive line. Your tackles, Teron Armstead, Ryan Ramchek are out, and along with wide receiver Ty Montgomery, along with a bevy of other guys that have been out for this squad. And, Scotty, it's just it's exhausting to think about the amount of players that should be in this lineup that are not just Pro Bowl talent, but all pros that we've, we were saying that Sean Payton doing a masterful job without. But once again, is he going to have to dip into that bag of tricks for this game in Philadelphia? You took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> and you were reading the names, honestly, about the – these aren't just players. These are Pro Bowl players. And let's just throw Michael Thomas in there, sure. too. And, and Jameis Winston, too, right? Alvin Kamara. Well, I'm talking about Pro Bowl players. Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Ryan Ramchek, and Teron Armstead. Those are really the only Pro Bowl players you got on offense, and they're all out. I mean, that this isn't crying you know, when you talk about how many injuries you have. These are your key, key players. These are the guys you pay the big money to. I mean, big, big money to. These are the guys that are taking up most of your salary cap. You know, so – when you talk about all the guys that replaced, it's just that's what I meant, meant earlier in the first hour when the, 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 the job that Sean Payton has done to keep these games even closer or to have an over 500 record with what's been missing. And the defensive side of the ball had a lot going on earlier in the year, too. But, like, the only game that they haven't had it lost in heartbreaking fashion is Carolina. And Carolina, you know, after the, the Saints surprised the world and shocked the world when they skunked Green Bay 38-3, Carolina blew them out but these next three losses 
you know, they had double-digit lead to the Giants in the, in the fourth quarter. They yeah. lost that. The Falcons, they came all the way back from being a big deficit and took the lead only to have a bomb go to Cordell Patterson, and they lost in the last-second field goal as time ran out. And then last week, you know, they had the heartbreaker where they had, could have tied it up with a two-point conversion. So Sean Payton is keeping these games close. But we, have, we always talk about our, our talk and text line. You know, we have a talk and text line. Well, apparently we're starting to get a lot of people listening because I have had a bevy, and I mean a bevy, of text. Can I just go with Scotty's talking text line real quick? Yeah, hit us with it. Sponsored by Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text, obviously. It is 100% sponsored by Oakland Heart, and I I love those folks. But here, this is somebody that calls themselves (laughs) AK-47. And they are going like this. They're big, and I mean big, Taysom Hill fans. I mean, like, big. And they say, listen, I think Taysom Hill, if he had been in there, we would have won last week. And then you go for two with Hill after an offside penalty, and then they take him out and put that other quarterback in. I for This is my two cents. Taysom Hill would have probably made that field goal those extra points too. <laughs> so this is, this is someone that believes in, they're in the Taysom Hill camp. And AK-47, you're stealing your nickname from, uh, from Alvin Kamara. But I'm going to say this. They're not a big fan of Trevor Simeon. And I'm not going to even say the words they're, they're saying about Trevor Simeon. Maybe trash and garbage, a couple of them. But here's the thing. Here is the thing. This, this Taysom Hill cat, he can win you some football games, and, uh, and there's a lot of people around New Orleans who feel that way. Well, I don't think it's fair to say that Trevor Simeon's really been trash, though. Um, I, oh, I know he's not trash. I'm just joking. No, no, I, I hear you with the, te- the, yeah. the, the to the texter in general, but to see what what he's been able to do, and uh, he's he's completing, you know, uh, how many fifty seven point seven percent of his passes. He's thrown five touchdowns, zero picks, and I think the biggest issue, just in general, with this offense and with Simeon, is we talked about it earlier the fact that they have these slow starts and haven't been able to jump on teams to dictate the tempo of games and dictate the pace. And obviously when, when you're in control of that, it makes things a lot easier for the team. And I think that we're going to need to see those explosive plays early on from this Saints squad to put this Philadelphia T- Eagles team on their heels and forcing a lot of their young guys uh, to, to make those plays. And I, I think that you, you definitely can't let – uh, hurts get into a rhythm and start busting runs out the outside like he did last game. Getting any kind of confidence for him is, is basically a death sentence for this squad. It really is. And, I, and I'm going to go back to Simeon here because I, I can't talk about last week. I, I didn't see that game. I was in the air, and I usually tape them, and for whatever reason, I didn't get that done. I did that for this week's game. But I was at the Falcons game, and here's what I noticed about Simeon and maybe he changed that this past week but the passes were just all a little a second off you know maybe a yard off or a second off the timing was not there and we're so used to the great timing of uh, obviously Drew Brees and even even Winston was starting to get a little bit of that and and then when you notice Taysom Hill came in and did those two darts they threw down the field and all of a sudden like wow those balls had zip on them I wasn't seeing that from Simeon and then when he got behind well, we saw a guy that had some confidence, and he really looked good guiding the Saints to those three touchdowns and, and the, the lead that they eventually blew on that last play to Patterson and then the subsequent field goal. Uh, but the fact is, is that's what I 
wanted to see the entire game. And I know, uh, you know, I talked about this earlier, catch-up ball is a little different and it's not the same setting. But I'm, I'm hearing that it was pretty much similar in the Titans game as well, where, you know, they weren't clicking a whole lot. And then all of a sudden when they needed to come back, that's when he started getting in his groove. So I think we're both on the same page. I think the city of New Orleans is on the same page, the Houdat Nation, on let's get this thing going from the very beginning. Let's get this going. Let's get some points up. John Payton, show us your magic. Get that game plan in. And I have full confidence that they can do some damage to the Philadelphia Eagles defense. That Eagle, uh, the Saints defense, those juice boys are going to be needed in Philadelphia. Hopefully they ate plenty of cheesesteaks the night before for this matchup today. They're going to need to lay it on this Eagles offense. We're going to hear more from WWL's Mike Dettelier with his notebook, the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional Health System scouting report coming back right after the break on First Take on WWL. We do not want the Saints biting the dust in Philadelphia, trying to avoid a three-game losing skid for your black and gold. Now, welcome him in WWL's Mike Dettelier to first take. Mike D's notebook brought to you by the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional Health System. Mikey, how you doing today after a late night uh, watching that LSU game? Oh yeah, I was thrilled with that one. Um, <laughs> uh, but I'm doing good. Well, Mike, when you look at this Eagles team, obviously uh, the Saints squad saw them last year and it was Jalen Hurts' first start at quarterback and it was not pretty for this defense. Can they look back on that at least and apply that to this game, uh, not only against Hurts, but this whole entire Eagles rushing attack that has been one of the top tiers in the NFL this year? Yeah, uh, the big difference I see this year, Steve, with with Hurts from a year ago was that he was very much the same quarterback I had saw at Alabama and Oklahoma. He was a one-read and then take off run with it type quarterback. And again, you know, being a rookie, you that's a ba- that's a habit that you've gotten into. This year you see he's much more patient in the qu- in the uh in the pocket and he is a one read, two read, then take off with it. So he's gotten better with his uh recognition of different coverages downfield how they attack him, he is really dangerous and always has been. As a collegiate player and now as a pro, when he can cut the corner on you and then he's out in the open field as a runner and he buys time because of the fact he is so athletic and throw the football. Uh, You know, for most guys, they throw the football better from the pocket than on the edge, but that is not the case with Jalen. He's much more effective on the edge. And, boy, out in the open field, he's like a runner, Uh, and he is dangerous. And he's got more weapons now than he did a year ago. That's the other part of it And bringing in Devontae. was a big pickup for him, but uh, he's become a much smarter and a much more accurate passer downfield. We've seen the progression with him. And you got to give Coach Nick a lot of credit with that. He was patient uh, throughout this. And he's really been one of the big surprises developmental-wise this year in the NFL at that quarterback position. A lot of people didn't think he could do it. Man, you watch him the last three or four weeks. He's been very impressive throwing the football and also running with it because without Miles Sanders, 
you know, you thought about what would happen with their running game, and they weren't very patient with it early in the season. Now he's got Jordan Howard, Boston Scott, and also with Hurts. Uh, that's a nice threesome. They have that can carry the load running the football. It takes a lot of hits, though. Man, you know, when you play that style, that, that you get banged up pretty good out in the open field. But, he, man, he is well-built, and he knows how to slide and get out of bounds. That's the smart part. Still trying to teach that to Joe Burrow. And <laughs> Joe, I think Joe, he, he'll never learn that. Uh, it's something I know that they would be on him at LSU practices, and he never learned. Uh, and he, he just refused to do it. Uh, but the one thing what hurts, uh, he, he's, he's smarter with getting out of bounds. He doesn't want to take too many hits down for you. Mike, this week at Saints, uh, after practice, uh, one of the days Cam Jordan was speaking and asked about Jalen Hurts, and it kind of raised my attention when he compared Hurts' running ability and his you know elusiveness to a guy named Michael Vick, which really blew me away. Not as fast as Vic, right. and he's not as elusive. Uh, no, no, he's big. You know, Mike wasn't a real big guy at, at quarterback. Hertz is. Hertz reminds the first time I saw him, he came to Manning camp, and I was like, man, when they started bringing in fullbacks here, <laughs> that, that, that's how he was built, uh, almost like a fullback. Uh, so yeah, that's interesting. Uh, Cam would compare him to Vic. Uh, like I said, uh, I saw Mike. He, Mike was faster and a little bit, and certainly a little bit more elusive. Uh, but uh, you know, Mike was at the upper level. When you're talking about a guy that can make some plays at quarterback with his feet, you know, Vic was at the at the highest level to be able to do it. Hey, Mike, uh, I'm a, I'm gonna bring up a guy I talked about uh, in the first hour, but. When we think back to who, who scored that first Saints touchdown ever, a guy named John Gilliam went to South Carolina State in Orangeburg, South Carolina. Well, the Eagles have a guy from South Carolina State that is has just been massive on their defense. He's destructive, and his name, we all know, we talked about him in the first hour, is Javon Hargrave. You know, he's a, he was a Pittsburgh Steeler. He's now been with the Eagles for a couple of years. He's never had more than six and a half sacks in a season. He's got six now after ten games. He's got seven tackles for loss, playing mostly on the interior. This guy's been a terror on defenses, and he worries me today. Do you have that same fear in you? Yeah, Deuce and I talked about it during the week, uh, that um, as much as Fletcher Cox gets so much ink, you know, and deservably so throughout his career, I think the guy playing the best football right now is Hargraves up front. You know, he's a big man in the middle. He didn't get a lot of publicity with the Steelers, but he did his job. Thickly built guy. Where I see he's made the biggest upgrade, Scott, is his ability to use his arms and hands much better to get off of a block. Where I thought at times with Pittsburgh, he sort of saved wired uh, to a blocker for a while. Man, this year, that hasn't been the case. He's been getting off those blocks and getting pressure inside and push that pocket. And that that's when you got a big man who can do that, uh, that that's not good if you're the opposing team because what he does, he takes away your launch pad. Okay, he's he's gonna stop the run. 
He's always been good. Hargraves has always been good doing that. Where you see he has made a big jump is is his ability to collapse everything inside and get a push. And a lot of times he is like forklifting a center or a guard right back into the lap of a quarterback. And you can't step up and make that throw. And so that that's really helped. And they need it because other than Darius Slay, um, man, they have struggled in the secondary covering people. They really have. And they don't get a good edge pressure. The pressure has been either from Cox or, or Hargraves, uh, almost interior pressure, more than, say, off the edge. So he is a guy that, you know, when they vote for the Pro Bowl, he's going to get a lot of votes. If you watch football, you impress how he has made a difference up front this year for Philly. He really has. He's one heck of a football player who a lot of people don't know a lot about, but by the end of the year, I think they will. And Mike, Mike speaking of impressive, I just want real quick, because we love our, our local guys. We don't really necessarily like them to go to Alabama, but we love guys from Louisiana. We have pride because we, we have so many NFL, NBA, et cetera, players, even MLB. But Devontae Smith might be the smallest Heisman Trophy winner that I can even think of in history. And this guy came out, you know, he's been just so good, uh, certainly at Alabama. He was putting up eye-popping numbers. But what he's done already with the Eagles is pretty impressive. He's got, as a true, as a rookie, he's got 42 catches and four touchdowns, but he's coming on more and more as the season progresses. And he's becoming more of a just a true weapon on that offense that Jalen Hurts is starting to rely on. Real quick, I, I wanted to touch on that same topic with Devontae Smith, and this is what Sean Payton had to say about the wide receiver this week. A group of us were there for the pro day. It was real impressive. Uh, he's an impressive guy talking with him, smart. He's a, an exceptional route runner. You know, his transition speed, I mean, his pro day was, was pretty impressive, and then you just have to put the tape on. Um, he was our top receiver by far, and, and you, just, uh, you just had to – just watch the tape, you know. Um, but he he's someone that I felt was explosive off the ball, transitioned well for someone, you know, his height. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been a good pick. For Sean Payton to say that he was the Saints' top receiver on the board over a guy like Jamar Chase, I don't know, but that was pretty impressive <laughs> to hear from. Yeah, uh, I was thinking the same thing. Uh, man, uh, I wonder if uh, they worked out Jamar uh, because, uh, you know, now, they both different type receivers. And uh, I told a story during the week. We had a pitch and catch camp at Nichols. Uh, and I've never seen that type of talent before. You had Devontae, Jamar, Justin Jefferson, Racy McMath, and Marquez uh, Stevenson, who is uh, with the Buffalo Bills today. He's a kid from North Louisiana who went to Houston. And I'll never forget, Jarvis Landry is standing next to me. They got maybe 160 receivers there. And these five are almost like one after the other after the other. And Landry hits me and said, hey, coach, I'm going to take them five. You can take the other 150. And he sort of walked away from me. And he was right. If you see him, he's not a real big guy. He's, I mean, as thin-based as you can be. As a receiver, he is really thin. He's not real big. 
He's not super fast. He's not someone who's going to anchor the football 400-meter relay team for you. But he's got a knack for getting open. He's got another speed gear if you put a helmet and pads on. He's crafty. He sets you up, and then he gets separation. Then he pulls away from you. Who he reminds me the most of, and it's a big comparison, but I think it's close. Is Lynn Swan. Wow. When I watched Ooh. Lynn Swan in the 70s and I watched Devontae, they have a lot of similar traits. They're built the same, their body control, their ability to make a catch over the middle, also to make the deep catch. It's very similar in a lot of ways. Here's the difference Swan could talk you to death. <laughs> I mean, he don't ever shut up. Devontae, he don't say anything. I mean, I've never been around a receiver who says less. He doesn't talk. No, he's a yes, sir, no, sir type of guy. Uh, you know, he every once in a while kind of give you a little laugh about certain things. You know, and, you know, if you break him up to laugh, he doesn't say anything. But he's such a good player, and he's a, he's a great guy off the field. You don't ever have to worry about him getting into kind of trouble. And uh, he is, he's a marvel as a talent because if you worked out Jamar and Devontae and you said, okay, those two guys are your two best. And they, I thought they were the two best receivers in this draft class. I, you know, Jalen Waddle, I get it uh, because of the fact that Jalen had the ability to Jalen's speed was remarkable, but Jalen couldn't run a route and couldn't gain separation as well as Devontae could. And that's what really has made him such a tremendous player as a rookie. You know, the game doesn't overwhelm him. And it didn't overwhelm him as a freshman at Alabama. It didn't overwhelm him when he came into the NFL. You know, he just gets it as a player. So impressed with him, and coaches absolutely 100% right about this. His smarts, intelligent. You just got to tell him one time, and he gets it. You know, because everybody learns differently. Some people are rep people. You got to do it over and over and over with it. Not with Devontae. You tell him one time, and he gets it. But if you just look at him on the hoof, so to speak, you say, Man, that little skinny dude, <laughs> no way. You know, and then you watch him play and you said, man, that little skinny dude can play. Uh, so what a great addition for Philly. And I think he can handle the pressure of playing in Philly as a first-round pick. Steve, you know all about it. Man, they don't want you to be just a, a pretty good. They want you to be great. Star, day and one. He's, right. And, and he's about as close as you're going to get to that this year. As a rookie receiver, he, he's a tremendous talent. I'm so impressed with him. Just knowing him, you know, from those camp days and just that smile he would give you. And, you know, it's like everything came easy to him, but you knew how hard he worked. He makes it look easy when it's not. That, that always impressed me. Uh, about Devontae and his work ethic is is off the charts good. WWL's Mike Dettelier joining First Take. And, Mike, another guy 
Uh, along those same lines, not big in stature, a uh, really great person on and off the field. Uh, I always enjoyed covering him. That short time that he got to stay here was uh, former Louisiana Tech running back in Boston, Scott, who isn't a big guy either, but really built well. Uh, what have you seen from him since co- he's arrived in Philadelphia? He's kind of a what I would say is a middle-range version of, of Darren Sproles as yeah. a running back. Because he, you know, he's five foot six and a half. Now Darren wouldn't piece together like he is. Man, looked like somebody carved him out of stone. Um, he was a weightlifting champion in high school. Uh, he's a a short cut, well built power runner with some giddy up, and he can cut the corner. Always been a really good receiver coming out the backfield. He was at Tech. They tried to get him the football quite a bit. He got downgraded because he just wasn't a big guy. I mean, he's not. I can't put him on a rack and stretch him, okay? He, he is who he is. And I was surprised that he didn't make the Saints 53-man roster and the Eagles were able to grab him. He's a good pickup for them. He's a really nice change of pace back. Because uh, Jordan Howard... He ain't catching nothing coming out the backfield. I mean, he's never been a really good receiver, and he struggles with it, but he's a north-south power runner. Boston gives you that edge guy and the ability to catch the ball. Uh, He's a good player in this league, but he knows his role, and he's always told me, I know my role. I'm never going to be the star back in the NFL. I'm never going to be the featured guy. But I understand what I can do and what I can't do real well. And so it's a great fit for him in Philly. And now he's going to be part of that threesome, you know, once Sanders is back into the groove that the Eagles don't have to worry about the running back position. They're going to have that settled up pretty good. But you're going to see a lot of him as a change of pace back and also as a guy coming out the backfield to catch the football. Now, again, you get one good shot at him, and then he's off into the races. And he was, he's always been that way. He's a guy that he gives you a shot early. But you better grab him. Either that or you'll see the back of his cleats. Hey, Mikey, you know, the, the, the NFC is starting to really separate itself. Unlike the AFC where you only have one two-loss team in the Titans, uh, you know, you have three of them in the NFC with the Cowboys, the Packers, obviously the Cardinals. Uh, then you also have the Rams and the Buccaneers. There's pretty much consensus that those five are likely in, and it's going to be a dogfight really for the other teams. You know, the Saints are obviously there. You know, the Panthers, Falcons have a shot, but, you know, the, everybody expects the 49ers, Seahawks with Russell Wilson back, and, you know, the Vikings who are playing better to all fight for those last two spots. But my point of this, this, this thing I'm saying now is because the Saints barometer has been three-game losing streak or not, whether they've made the playoffs or not. And literally, they have had only four two-game losing streaks these last four years. That's kind of remarkable. Phillies had over 10. You know, and then but the thing is, like, when the Saints have a three-game losing streak, like they did in 2012, like they did in 2014 where I think they had a couple, 2015 and 16, they don't make the playoffs. But every other year, you know, they don't take that slide down and they don't let it go. The two-game losing streaks are the most, and usually they don't even have those. How important to you is this game tonight? I hate to say must win, but really, this is an important game. 
it's paramount because you don't like to look ahead, but look at the next two games, who you're playing. You're playing the Buffalo Bills and the Cowboys. Okay. Um, and you still got going to have a lot of the same issues you got today, injuries. So, and you, you lack weapons on the outside. And, and that, that now has become such a glaring hole on this football team. Other than Deontay, nobody scares you out on the edge as a receiver. None of them. Not a one. And uh, you're getting into the media schedule where you got some tough teams the next couple of weeks. This is a crucial game. Uh, you know, started the season, I, I felt it would be the roller coaster. It'd be the adjustment year for the Saints after making some crucial cuts and stuff and, you know, no Drew Brees, whatever. It would be that adjustment year, but no one, I think, could have predicted all these injuries that they've had and how it's affected this football team and how, as a coaching staff, you're just trying to piece together something that can give you a fighting chance each week. And now, you know, back-to-back weeks, no Alvin Kamara. Because we all know he's the straw that turns to drink now. And so – uh, this game is not crucial. It's paramount. You gotta win it here if you go if you want to stay in that race to get a wild card shot. Mike, how are you feeling about this game? I know the Saints are two and a half point underdogs. It rose from one and a half, and with all those injuries piled up, do they take their toll or does Sean Payton find a way? You know what? Sean's at his best in these type games, yeah. guys. We've all seen it. He's been his best in these type games. And John Kincaid had the best line to me this week. He said, the Eagles could win by 10 or get blown out by 20. That's <laughs> the way they play, too. So I, I think the Saints somehow, some way to get it done today. Appreciate it. WWO's Mike Dettelier, Mike D's Notebook, brought to you by the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional Health System. Who that, Mikey? And talk to you later on on uh, Countdown to Kickoff with Bobby and Mike. Hey, Bobby and Christian, sorry. (laughs) All right, back with more First Take right after the break here on WWL Saints Radio. The Oakland Heart Jewelers Rolex time check. Two hours, 11 minutes till the noon kickoff in Lincoln Financial Field on WWL Saints Radio where you'll hear Deuce McAllister and Mike Haas' call of the Eagles taking on your Saints. Black and gold, banged up, looking to avoid a three-game skid. It's going to be a tough one. Uh, we we know this team is resilient bunch, though. We've seen them been fighting since the start of this season when they had to scrap and play a home game in Jacksonville. And it's really, I feel like, set the tone all year, Scott, that the fact that this team has just been, uh, I don't know, backs against the wall is the right mental- the term, but they've just been scrapping and had to been, you know, feisty every week. Nothing has been easy. It's, it's their coach, and that's who he is. Do you remember, I'm going to bring back, because you just made me trigger something. Do you remember when Sean Payton, after that third straight 7-9 season, there was all this talk about maybe going to the Cowboys or maybe the Giants are interested, and, and you know, and I have no doubt that his agent might have been shopping some teams there in December, but he came back to the press conference and I made this comment to a bunch of people back then. And this would have been like January of say 2017, right? Right after the 16th season. And he showed up in a blue cast pullover. And the reason I say that, because I just remember it so vividly in my head and he had a different look on his face and he just looked, like, I had, you know, I, the year I moved back to New Orleans, it was Bounty Gate, so I didn't get to see him. 
I saw them in 13. They went to the playoffs that year. But then I was in, in, in Greenbrier in West Virginia for all three training camps, and he was mostly terse, right? Yeah. He was kind of like next question, next question kind of guy. Uh, he'd had enough of, 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 you know, you could tell this dude was over it. Well, that, that then, first year was the whole Jarius Bird this, debacle. Right. And it was just <laughs> awful. But my point is, is that, but that, that press conference, he just like looked like a new guy. And this was like just three days after the season had ended in a, in a third straight non-playoff year. And I'm like, I started texting people. I'm like, this guy looks like he's changed. I don't know if something happened. But my point is, he his back was against the wall professionally. No doubt about it. You know, his, the, the charm and the luster of that great three-year run in the Super Bowl, it wasn't over. We'll remember it forever, and it's one of the greatest things ever. But the fact is, is people were genuinely like, hey, dude, it's time to put up again. And what he has done since then has been remarkable. I mean, you're talking about the best record since that moment in the NFL regular season still today. And I feel this guy, when his back's against the wall, his best comes out. Now, when you don't have a thoroughbred, and I mean thoroughbred, like Alvin Kamara, it gets a whole lot tougher because those yards don't, don't come as smoothly or easily when he glide, he's not gliding down the field. But I really feel that this Saints team is going to show up. Three's a charm. You've had this. This will be the third start for Simeon. I really feel he's going to be more in sync with his receivers. I think he got confidence towards the end of that game last week, and I think this is the week you're going to see some, some a, a more a symbiotic relationship more with Callaway and Traquan Smith, who I mentioned earlier. I think he's the guy to step out. De- Deontay Harris makes some big plays, and yes, even Adam Troutman, who I feel is going to come up big as well today. So that's what I'm going with, and I feel the Saints are going to win this game today. Yeah. I- I would be confident if maybe it was just Alvin Kamara out of the lineup, but you toss in all the other names, and we mentioned the big ones for me, along with Kamara, is obviously your all-pro tackles in Ryan Rancheck and Teron Armstead. I'm definitely a, a concerned about this Eagles defensive front being able to get after Trevor Simeon uh, and the Saints offense in this game. Uh, and the, the fact that the offense has struggled early on and you know seems to come to life later on in games I just don't know how that's going to turn out on the road in this one just because um you know we're going to have another a rookie likely making a, a start at tackle too and landing young I, I got all kinds of worries in this game but I'm, I'm the worrier of, of the group for sure and I'm not I, I, I can't it's hard to pick against the Saints because yeah we, you've talked about for all the reasons this team does not lose three in a row under Sean Payton, but I do not have a good feeling about this one. We'll talk more on First Take right after the break. Coming back with more after this, and you'll be counting it down to the Bud Light Countdown to Kickoff with Bobby Bear and Christian Garrett coming up at 10 a.m. on WWL Saints Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 